0: You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Aaron says What podcast, New Year's edition. I just wanted to say thanks for listening to everyone and uh, like every good podcaster i'm taking a week off and leaving you with a best of interview edition so uh, please remember to support the podcast at aaron dot com and click on the affiliate links and uh feedback is always welcome and appreciated let me know if there's somebody uh, i missed that you would like to hear interviewed or someone you'd like me to bring back and till next time please enjoy i am here with comedian adam hunter how are you doing man I'm doing great. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. It's uh, great to finally talk to you. I haven't seen you since uh, you did a show in Fairview, Vi- Fairview Heights, Illinois. In, uh, ooh, I, I want to say that was last July. The comedy mecca of the world. Oh, yeah, it was an interesting place, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. They, they were they were really wor- working hard to uh, promote Screech coming the next week. <laughs> From jail, right? From jail, <laughs> he got a pass to perform in Fairview Heights, Illinois, for whatever reason. Uh, before I forget, I wanted, my wife wanted to make sure I said hi. Oh,
1: your wife is beautiful. I, it's uh, I, I, it's one of the
0: most mysterious
1: things I've ever seen in my life.
0: It's like uh, you and your beautiful wife. If I were to sum up my life, it would be answering that fucking question over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I learned, you know, obviously you did some work at the Ronald McDonald House, which uh, I do a lot of work with as well here locally. So, and... It just kind of took off from there, but yeah, no, man. I mean, you're really funny, dude. Like you, I always tell you, you stand up because you have you have really good
1: jokes. You have really good structure. A very, very funny. You you find the humor and stuff. And I, I would say you're probably you know if not like w-
0: one of like the funniest people that I follow, if not the funniest. So uh, hats off to you, man. Man, that is that is a huge compliment. Uh, it really is, and. Uh, uh, stand-up comedy is on my to-do list. I uh, and I've um, emceed a lot of things for work and and whatnot. You know, with people I know. And I honestly, I think for me, it would be easier to go up in front of people I don't know. You know, where I'm not really worried <laughs> about what people what people think and whatnot. And uh, so yeah, it is definitely on my uh, bucket list. Definitely on my to-do list. Now you also, I well, I did this with your permission, but I I launched uh, a parody account that. Uh, you know, it's weird because my fans don't really cross over between my uh, parody Dana White account and, and my other account. But there, there's a few hardcore ones that know who I am. They're pretty good at keeping a secret. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to rip you off. I wanted to get your promotion and I, I'm gonna, or not promotion, but your permission. I just want to say that is probably one of the favorite things I do. Just acting <laughs> like Dana White all day long and just blasting followers. And they love it. I mean, it's funny. It, nobody's really sensitive except for for some reason the the juice heads get mad when I when I make a comment. I mean, I guess they're really <laughs> sensitive anyway because they have low self esteem yeah. and they're popping roids all the time and they block me instantly. So,
1: I, I, oh, no, it's funny, man. Like, come on, I'll get I'll be bored. And I'll look through what you like, you sc- like just randomly telling people to look up and their thing <laughs> or, or like insulting like that their look or making fun of them. But you do it as as Dana does. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so funny. I mean, it's like, I think, I like, uh, I'll laugh out loud. I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking funny,
2: man.
0: Well, my favorite so. one lately is the Vine Loops. I always say, hey, take your Vine Loops, multiply them by six, and that's how many seconds of your life you've wasted. <laughs> <laughs> that, or you're like... You have 12 followers. You don't need to protect your tweets. That makes me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> it's crazy they do that. And then they, they're always yelling at me afterwards. I'm like, I can't retweet you. No, Nobody could read that because you protect your tweets. So. I, I just, <laughs> now, growing up, you basically, you had the perfect recipe to be a comedian. You know, a Jewish kid and kind of a rough childhood here and there. So, I mean... Explain how that's helped you with your comedy and, and your drive just to, you know, be the best wrestler you could be, the best comedian you can be, and keep hustling.
1: I mean, a lot of it is just, you know, when I grew up in high school, I mean, my, my parents, my mother left me when I was three years old. I haven't seen her since. And I had a, I had a great father, but he, you know, he struggled, he has his, his own struggles with drugs and gambling and stuff like that. And I didn't think the need to be accepted, I didn't really have it from the family, so I kind of used it in, like, with the people at school to be accepted. And that went from, like, really good to really bad once like in middle school it was like cool to be a bad kid and I was just doing whatever I could like, I got sent away to boarding school it's like all you know all those families are like threatened to send their kids to boarding school my family actually went through with it yeah uh which was the best thing in my life I went to the high school in Maine I really needed it but it was really really hard but really good I mean I really excelled in wrestling out there and they really pushed me and it was very character development and it was for kids that had too much energy and to kind of redirect your energy into a more positive way. That's really all. It separates, you know, a, a quote-unquote good kid from a bad kid. It's just, you know, just doing you, all that energy that you're doing causing trouble or being an asshole yeah. put towards something good in your life. And that's what that school did for me. I uh, ended up getting a scholarship uh, to Hofstra, but then I went to Binghamton to wrestle and ended up having a TV show in college where... I quit wrestling because I, I hated the weight cut. I was losing, like, 15 pounds a week, Ugh. and that was really, really hard for me, especially in college. And, uh, you know, the structure that I had in boarding school, I had none of it in college. And I really could have dealt with it better. You know, I had a big ego in high school. I was, like, a four-time Class A New England champion, and I wanted to start. But then the, the captain of the team beat me 7-4 to at 142. And I'm like, nah, fuck it, I'm starting. So I cut down to 134. And it was just too much of a cut for me every week. And I didn't want to go second string, which is what I should have done.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I just kind of quit rather than lose all this weight. And, but I was doing really well in college. I took third, the first couple of tournaments. I, took, I was like 12 and 3 in my first 15 matches, which in college is good as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it was D3, I, was, like, I lost to the kid ranked seventh in the country, 2 to 1 in double overtime, like my fourth match in. Oh, wow. Uh, as, as this is before the season even started. This is like preseason tournaments. So, But I just kind of wanted to also, in some ways, prove to myself that I could wrestle on a college level, because I still had that prep school asterisk hanging over me, <laughs> of like, yeah, I was, re- I was really good, but I was really good in prep school, how would I do in- against public school kids?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but once I proved that I could kind of compete with them, I sort of, alright, that was a check mark. But then once I stopped wrestling, I had all this energy and time, and, and I got this TV show in college, which... That's a whole the story in itself, but it ended up me being sued for $20 million for negligence oh, for causing a, a riot on campus. It was called These Nuts, and people <laughs> were calling in, and I was hosting it, and I had my friends on it, and this girl called in, and people started making fun of her. I didn't even know who she was, and she came down to defend herself, and a guy that she hooked up with was talking shit to her back and forth, and then the guy came on the thing. It was like Jerry Springer. Yeah. But on like Binghamton television, and then she goes back to her dorm, and then she ends up suing the school for twenty million, me for twenty million, and this kid, Seth, for twenty million. So like my, my my dad's like, you go to school for a month, you come back with a twenty million lawsuit. Can you just go to fucking class like everyone else. So then that led to me joining a fraternity because I needed like friends. Because yeah. kids were challenging me to fights so, while I was on the air. I'm like, bring it, motherfucker. Yeah. So I, I need to. So then I I hated pledging. So then I was actually trying to pick up this girl named Tatiana who was giving auditions for the black dance repertoire. And I'm like, oh, so I tried out it as like a joke, made it, made the black dance team. And then I actually got out of pledging and ended up winning the most dedicated uh, dancer on the black dance repertoire, which is actually pretty cool because at yeah. frat parties, me and my friends would all like do choreographed dances and they'd be like, why is that all these black people dancing? Uh, which is awesome because... Um, I love black people. Anyway, so uh, that, that being said, um, I ended up uh, leaving college because that was the most fun I had in my life, which was hosting that talk, that talk show. I got banned from the station after one episode, and actually they took down all the episodes. They said uh, th- there was like actually no more uh, talk shows after that. What's up, Baron? What's no, up? I can actually see you now.
0: Yeah, I didn't know I wasn't on. I might have to cut so it the- off until <laughs> I got bad internet, but... Uh... All good. There was no more
1: talk shows after that, uh, but I was like, man, this is like the first time I ever did stand-up comedy, and I'm like, I want to become a comedian, so I, I took these co- a couple comedy courses in New York City, started doing comedy in laundromats, supermarkets, and donut shops, wherever they had me, uh, ended up on True Life, I'm a Comedian, uh, doing comedy in a donut shop, at a laundromat, and uh, now it's 18 years later, and I've been on Leno twice, and I was the last comic standing, and just came off a TV show, but it's, it's still a grind. Yeah. I've been to almost every country doing military gigs, I've been to Japan, Korea, Africa, Guam, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, uh, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, just wow. you know, uh, every, uh, England, Germany, Brussels, so yeah,
0: just uh, I, I love it though, I mean, nothing, there's nothing better than doing comedy, it's the best feeling in the world, for me, well, you know. It feels like for a while there, you were like Mr. Even Out, something would go through, and then you'd get something else, but now it seems like you're getting a little bit ahead, and, and that's great to see, man. Yeah,
1: I mean, somewhat. I mean, it's, it's it's still like that. It's still like, I mean, the shows that I booked recently were, like, I booked it, filmed it, and they didn't use me, and I'm like, fuckers, man. But it's just a matter of like, you can't just have one thing. Like, you got to literally have twenty things. You know, when I when I started doing comedy, it was like, okay, write, write your sitcom on stage. So then every comic was like. This is my family, and this is my neighbor, and this is my dog, and this is the, my girlfriend, or my wife. Yeah. And, then the, and then the booker and the whoever, the casting people are like, oh, okay, wow, this is interesting, okay, you're, now you're the king of queens, or yeah. now you're, everybody loves Raymond, or yeah. now, you, but then what happened was like, they started giving everyone TV shows, people couldn't act, people stopped watching it, and now we're in an era where it's like, you know, when you get to those meetings, it's, okay, What's okay? Okay, this is your comedy act, okay? But what's your web series? Uh, how many Twitter followers do you have? Yeah, how many Instagram followers have? How are you with Snapchat? Uh, how's what movie ideas do you have? What reality show? What game show do you have? Uh, okay, what's your okay? What's your te- Here's your 10 minutes set. What's, how many characters can you do?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, and then it's, I mean, there are people that have gotten TV shows off fucking Snapchat. Yeah, uh, how, so it's not just you need 10 minutes anymore, or 20 minutes. It's literally, it's like, I walk into a building, I'm like, a, a room, and I'm like, okay, what do you got? All right, I got this TV show, I got this movie, I got that TV show, I got this scripted reality show, I got this non-scripted reality show, I got this, uh, you know, and you, and you don't have to have that, but it fucking helps, no, because they might be like, no, 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 I like that idea. And then once <laughs> that idea goes, then you can then pitch another idea. Another idea. And, and so much of it is illusion. I mean, a lot of it is, like, how you're doing, and then it's also how people perceive you're doing. And, you know, which I fucking hate, because I'll meet someone in L.A., and it's like, how's it going? Great, man, I got three TV shows. <laughs> fucking pick up, And you're like, man, I fucking... And then you become that guy, because if you don't say that, people think you're not doing shit. And so, I mean, it's a fucking grind. Uh, but, in the end, it's really all about, like, the work, mm-hmm. and your jokes, and, you know, the quality of your shit. Cause no. you, you know, because you can have an hour, but it's funny. if it sucks, it sucks. You know? Yeah. And same thing with your TV show, you know? You can have a TV show, but if, fucking, if it's not funny, it's not funny. And if it's not funny on the
0: page, it won't, it won't be funny on the whatever. So. No, I understand, man. And, you know, I, I hear what you say about, the, like, the Twitter followers and, and this and that. Like, for, for a while there, like, I... I I felt like I was pandering to people just because I wanted more retweets, more followers, more this, more that. Finally, I, I don't know what it was. You know, it's not like I'm doing this as a career. I just decided to say, "Fuck it! I'm gonna tweet what I want. I'm gonna talk about whatever I want, and whoever listens, listens. Whoever don't, you know, whoever doesn't want to listen, doesn't listen. And then uh, that's when I started doing well. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was kind of like similar, where it went from me, me you know writing sketches for John Heffron and the, um, and, the old, and the MMA Awards to, like, meeting Dana, pitching Dana some ideas, and then Dana coming to me. I mean, I'm, I'm coaching wrestling practice, yeah. and I got a phone call from Dana White going, hey, we want to do this, uh, you know, videos where you make fun of fighters and kind of a tosh point out. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, all right. And then I'm next thing I know, I'm working for the fucking UFC.
0: Yeah. And,
1: then Fox, and then Fox Sports is like, hey, we want you to do text from last fight. Hey, we want to pick up your podcast. I mean, all this was a fucking, just like it. It it went from a hobby to a career, and then now it's back to a hobby. Like, because then, uh, like, UFC was like, okay, we're not gonna do those videos anymore, and then Fox Sports is like, okay, we're not gonna pay you for the podcast anymore, and we're not gonna pay you on salary anymore for the text from last fight. We're only gonna
0: I miss those, man.
1: Yeah, so that goes from, like, 90% to fucking 10% of your salary. And I was like, ah, you know, thanks for no thanks. And, uh, and then I went back to, like, I mean, even when I hosted Tough Talk, I'm like, they're like, oh, you're going to do 10 episodes of Tough Talk. Yeah. And then after one episode, they're like, yeah, you're not going to do So it's been so fucking hot, you know, up and down. But the stand-up comedy has been a consistent thing. I mean, that's, that's really, and I got away from it a little bit. I got, I got too involved in the MMA stuff. Yes. And I, I, I love it. I love doing it. But it was taking up so much time. And when I was being compensated for it, I was like, you know, it's fucking easy to be like, yeah. But, but I kind of reached the ceiling with it. And then I had to kind of take a step back and refocus my energies on, like, my stand-up and TV shows I'm pitching and movies I'm writing and shit I'm creating. And, you know, it, it kind it's hard because... You know, I have sixty-two or sixty-three thousand fans on Twitter, That's crazy. and something fucking happens, and before you know, before I even know it, ten people are tagging me <laughs> with a, a version of my own joke that I wrote a year ago, yeah. and, or two years ago, or three years ago. So I'm like, "Fuck! All right, I'll, I'll retweet this joke that you kind of reworded that I wrote fucking three years ago because it is what it is, you yeah. know." And uh, and then and then I'm like, "Fuck!" And then I feel obligated to and to write a joke for them but it was easier when there was was, you know cash behind it you know it was easier for me to but 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 it it was the best thing for my comedy in some ways was was losing those jobs because you know it led to the oxygen show it led to this other show it led to you know this i just i just pitched and sold the show to a network a major network yeah so you know sometimes you got to take a step back take two steps forward um but, you know, there's, but there's still that, you know, I enjoy the fights, I love the sport, I love making people laugh, you know, so it's, it's hard. And then, and then, you know, International Fight Week, I already have, like, 200 reservations for my shows, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, oh, fuck, it's like, you know, it's hard. That's it, awesome. it, it, it's, it's, it's hard, it's almost like... Uh, almost like they were like they gave you something and like, oh great and they're like hey keep doing it and you're like yeah all
0: right i'll keep doing it Ooh, adam I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to shut off my video here i'm starting to get a little uh, if i can figure it out real quick uh well our stories are, are somewhat similar why i'm a funny man i mean except for my mom stayed that was, probably, that was probably what did it for me, but uh, it was one of those deals. My parents were divorced. They lived about two hours away, and back then, you know, the kid always went with their mom, and it was a deal, and, uh, you know, we she didn't let me play any sports. My dad would have to drive up and, uh, you know, an hour and a half for each practice. He's a good dad, you know, and, and do all that, and finally, you know, I got to live with him when I was 14. I, ma- I made a big stink about it, and but by then, you know, I was – out of sports for so long, everyone was so far ahead of me and I, and I wasn't the biggest guy and finally, you know, I got to do something else, you know, I, w- I want to make friends so I just, I tried being funny all the time, you know, and I, I guess I was the goofball or, or whatever, you know, using Dana's Dana's words and, but it's, you know, it's helped me, it's helped me as an adult, you know, it's, it's helped me to work hard, it's, uh, you know, it's really helped me to uh, deal with people I wouldn't normally be able to deal with, so, you know, there's that. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a special Aaron Says What podcast. This is number 100, folks, and we have a mad Q&A for you all tonight. I am here with Visego one Jonathan Palmer, and at Tony Seacrest. Tony Seacrest, how are you guys doing?
3: Wonderful. And yourself?
0: Oh, well, man, I can't complain. Great. Nothing, because we had this all well planned out. Nothing was last minute, you know. We we hit it all together, right, guys? Actually, uh, we did moving. more so than we ever have before. <laughs> That's, I almost think we need to aim a little higher though but yeah you're right I think it is a little more than that uh, we ever have before so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to drop the tag and we have some really interested pre-submitted interested interesting pre-submitted questions and I I'm not lying when I say they are interesting and we will get into that the hashtag is and uh well, we dropped a little earlier, and I thought I was going to, but it's it's all right. The hashtag is hashtag ask these guys anything, and this is a and a Now, the most exciting thing about that is we have a lot of interest this time that we did not have last time because I don't know if they didn't think we were serious, they didn't care, or maybe a combination of the two. I don't
3: know that they knew they what didn't to know. expect.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think they did either. Or they
3: didn't know. You know.
0: What I will go ahead and do is I will read the questions we already have submitted to us. All right. So, at Miami Sixth Man, uh, yeah, this is starting off with a bang. How often do we uh, bleach our anuses? And he thinks, especially Seacrest, would know, uh, would would do this. Uh, uh, I I just, yeah, I got to. I can uh,
3: honestly say I
0: have never done
3: that intentionally.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just so okay, surprised well, that I know that a dude thinks
2: that or a dude knows that's a thing. So, well, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a just before summer kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I did I did speak with him. I mean, privately about this. I didn't know he was going to bring this to light out in the open and everything. <laughs> but he he we were exchanging like, you know, grooming tips and everything like that. Right. And he told me that. Uh, if you if you go to the salon, you can actually get the, you know, the hair bleaching stuff for your head, and you can actually get it in bulk, where the, you know, stuff for your ass, it's only in little tiny packets. So wow. I tried it, and I mean, I got chemical burns on the back of my balls. It was fucking ridiculous. I'm going to
0: tell you what. I'm very upset
2: with him.
0: That is very well researched. Either you talked to him, which is weird, or you knew that, which is weird. So awesome.
3: Or he just pulled it out of his ass.
0: Yeah. (laughs) His bleached ass.
4: (laughs) That may just be (laughs) it. All
0: right. uh, Next one is John Creasy at uh, Casablanca Rick, R I C. He said, This isn't really a question. It's well, I'm not sure which priest it was, officer. So that's not even a question. Does that qualify?
3: I'm not. I have no answer to that, and I'm not even sure what I should say.
0: All right. God bless Heather. She used the hashtag. She said, "Who would win a kick in a cook-off?" I said, "Me." But what do you yeah, guys think? Ooh, a I don't know.
3: I really think it might ooh. be fairly well equal. I think we all three enjoy cooking.
0: You know, and, and yeah, we all do. have kind of different styles. You know, I I, I like the longest slow smoke thing, and, and you know. You guys make some really nice-looking meals, too. Like, you guys are really big on the presentation, so I, I think it would just be one hell of a barbecue if we all got together.
2: I do too. It would be a party.
0: It would be a party for sure. But, Heather, if you figured out how to get on uh, Google Hangouts on our link, uh, you heard that live. Now, careful cosmic girl at very careful girl. She had two questions. All right, so this is kind of a loaded one. We can answer this, however. Have any of you... Three decided yet who you will vote for this lovely election year. We've Ooh. never talked politics, probably for a reason.
3: I'm I'm fairly sure right. that we aren't that equal on where we lean towards politics. Probably, not. I can say there is no good answer this time.
0: No, no, not really. Listen to me. This could be a game time decision for me. You know, you got Hillary, who I don't think is telling the truth, and then you got Trump, who I think is telling the truth, but he's crazy as fuck. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) It's it's tough. I can
3: tell you what I think is the worst possible outcome in this election.
0: Yes, please, tell me.
3: And that is that Trump wins the popular vote,
0: but loses the election.
2: Ooh. Because that
3: that will show where America is leaning, and it shows that our elections are flawed because the most popular person doesn't get elected and it will undermine the office as a whole. Well, you know, when they started the the whole thing that can happen, that's my vision.
0: Uh, They started the whole electoral college thing, you know, it was a different deal, you know, it was a different, you know, it was a different population. It's just odd now that I think, I I don't know, you know, you can argue both ways for the popular vote and the electoral vote, but. Okay, I. I
3: at the time it was set up it was for something different right but now i kind of understand the point because if we didn't have the electoral college they would only campaign in like three states and maybe not even the whole states they would just campaign in those cities yeah so i do think it it causes them to campaign in a in a larger market but i'm not sure that it's a viable system
0: uh you know i'm not sure there is a good answer i don't think there is a good answer you know and uh uh, Heather is on fire. She's asking us another question. She said, beauty pageant, <laughs> who is first, second, and third? I, I, just, I just said I'm all, I am I all. take all three. Everyone else is fourth.
3: <laughs> I don't understand the question. Yeah. Like,
0: us? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, we're in a, a beauty pageant. Yes. That's fine. I'm
3: not sure that I'm properly equipped to judge which one of us is the sexiest.
0: Uh, this next question is also from Very Careful Girl. This might get us in trouble. We all know how we stand on this, but nobody's really actually asked us. Now, she asks, all right. do you three agree on how the powers that be have taken control of any creativity regarding hashtag games?
2: I think oh,
3: that question is most... Aware? I think the most... Go ahead a clear way to answer that question is which one of us has a game associated with the powers that be none of us okay yeah so that pretty much says my standpoint and I'm assuming it says your guyss as well
0: well yeah i I will say this i I was never really treated badly or cursed to do anything you know I've heard stories and uh, legit stories I'm not putting uh, I'm not saying they're not and I I will tell you this. I don't like what they put out there with some of the open-ended hack tags. That's right. I said hack. And they're really prevalent right now. Basically, anyone can respond to anything and get a cheap trend. I I think there's still a core crew out there. I don't want to besmirch everyone that uses, uh, you know, and everyone, every host that uses the app and still uses them because there's still a core, there's a core crew out there, you know, like the Friday Fondue, the Damien Venors and whatnot that takes You know, what they do very seriously and really tries putting out original and well thought out games. So I I don't want to say it's everyone. You know what I mean?
3: Right. it's a mindset. Yeah. It's not the app that's the problem. It's the mindset that has came along with it that trending trumps everything. Yeah. As long as you can trend, that's all that matters. And if you don't trend, you don't count. Where I have always thought that the fun was the most important part. If I'm not having fun, I don't want to play the fucking thing. I don't care how well it trends.
0: Yeah, and I'm the same way. You know, whether it's 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 one of you guys that put it out, or uh, or or it's the tag that puts it out. Sometimes they just don't gel with me, and it's nothing personal. What? And I'm just not going to play it. Rather than put out something, you know, I'm not I'm not into. You know what I mean? I want people to play our tags to have fun. If they don't have fun and they don't play it, I don't give a shit. Not
3: every tag is for everybody. Not every tag is for me.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, the majority of the tags lately, m- the majority of the tags lately, uh, they, I, i you know, some of the word limit tags are great, but I'm super tired of those. That's my biggest complaint about all of these games is the word limit tags lately.
0: <laughs> I am not a word limit fan. Um, yeah,
2: I, don't I actually
3: love the word limit tags uh, because it makes me work at it. Of course,
0: you do. Yeah, hate PayPal. Love word limits. I understand, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I it's, sometimes there's like a three word limit. I'm like, that's a little less. I don't know. Like four and five's okay, but it, uh, yeah, you're right. It does make you work. Tonight we are playing a very special game called Spank the Yeti, and uh, I will tell you what it is not for kids. It this is an adult uh, blast of a game, basically it's the game, uh, the ultimate game of questionable decisions, and I am, of course, joined by my cohorts, Tony Seacrest, Jonathan Palmer, how are you guys doing? So, here's how this is going to work. We are going to use the hashtag Spank the Yeti live so you guys can play along, and Jonathan, would you mind explaining the rules real quick?
4: Basically, it's pluck, marry, kill, with different <laughs> And, and they pick three random subjects that we would be doing these actions to
0: right
4: one person in each round makes their choices and then the other two try to guess what their choices would be for each one they get correct they get a point whoever gets the most points the same person guessing gets the same amount of points as the person that had the most sounds confusing as fuck, but you'll figure it out as we play, if not, it's still going to be fun.
0: You will, yes, and uh, this is going to be a blast, and we will do our level best, just like we always do, to bring you just absolutely hilarious content, and so, if you guys are worried that you cannot see the action cards, if you use the hashtag SpankTheYetiLive, we will post on there as well, so that's how you guys can play along, and you can guess what we're going to do as well. So, I promise you, after one round, you guys will absolutely understand this game, and I will post the Amazon link to order this in the show notes, and it is already on my YouTube channel if you are on YouTube now. So, you guys ready to roll? Sure. Ready. Alright, sweet. I am ready as well. We have the 1, 2, 3, ABC. So, on the left, we have Drop With Acid, or Drop Acid With, Drop With Acid. Man, I'm a genius. Uh, number two, kick in the ding-ding. Number three, draw a Sharpie penis on. And on the right, we have Fresh Roadkill, a sparkling vampire, and Betty White. I don't know why I said it like I'm Barry White, but it's Betty White. So, Ooh, Betty White. Yeah, you know, who are we guessing for, John? Are we guessing for me or Tony? You, uh, me? Let's guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, I thought you said me at first, and then I realized you were still contemplating, but okay, that's fine, too. All right, so I guess you guys go, however, whatever order you want. I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, going, go first.
4: You're going to drop acid with baby White, just because that sounds like the most fun. <laughs> you're going to kick in um, a sparkling vampire. <laughs> uh, Sharpie penis on it's roadkill, because who wouldn't love to see that driving down the road?
0: Oh, wow. Alright, man, that's That's, good. (laughs) Then they get
4: well simpler. Oh, man.
0: This game's awesome, by the way. Alright, Tony, I gotta get this after this. Uh, This is probably one of the best adult themed games I've ever seen. Alright, Tony, what do you think I'm gonna do, bro? Okay, Tony.
2: Okay. What do I think you're gonna do? Okay, so, take this out. Probably drop acid with a sparkling vampire, considering your background with the uh, you know certain movies.
0: Wait a minute! Now, Pitch Perfect is not the same thing as a freaking whatever those vampires. I was talking about
2: Perfect. I was talking. Actually, I was talking about Goodfellas. But I mean, if you're so sensitive about it, it's well, fine. Goodfellas. What? Draw a sharpie penis. I bet. Yeah. And uh, taking the ding-ding, probably a fresh roadkill because you'd probably pull over and check and see if it was alive. And you could take it to a sanctuary because you're a sweet person. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, this is tough
0: because, man, 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 man. These are all very, very interesting things. But if I drew a Sharpie penis on Betty White, there's nothing she could do about it. So that would be my first. Who would I kick in the ding ding? Well, there is something you could do. I would probably kick the fresh roadkill in the ding ding just to see how far it would go. And of course, why wouldn't you drop acid with the sparkling vampire? Because you're already halfway there looking at the sparkling vampire. That's how I would roll. So did anyone get any points? So
4: I got no points. How many points
0: did you guess any?
2: No, oh, I don't. I think I'm in zeros too.
0: Wow, this is like the best game of golf no, ever. And uh, just for the integrity of this game, I, I do not base my answers on what they say. I uh, and we both, we all three do this. We come up with our answers before anyone else guesses what we're gonna do. So that was awesome, though. So, uh, <laughs> wow, this game's great. All right. I am about to get Tony Posnanski on the line. I am probably butchering his name. i ask him to clarify it. I am doing the Google Hangout thing again. It seemed to work okay last time, so let me give him a shout. Hello? Oh, there we go. Hello? Tony, it's Aaron Weinbaum. Can you hear me okay? I hear you fine. Oh, that's awesome. Good deal, man. How are you? Good. How are you doing? it's good. It's uh, good to actually talk to you in person. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't give a warm up to you or anything like that. I just want to give a brief uh, introduction of how we met. We just kind of. We really just kind of met on Twitter, cracking wise about uh, toilet paper together, and uh, you know, I'd I'd seen your profile, and, and you know, you talked about your struggles here and there, and you know, I just really followed you for the jokes and, you know, and we got along good. And then all of a sudden you started popping up on my Facebook feed just out of nowhere. And, uh, this has probably just been a few weeks ago. And I just, uh, I felt compelled to reach out to you so, so you could tell your story.
5: Okay, sure. Um, well, I, uh, I started in 2008, I was over 400 pounds and, uh, then I lost over 200, uh, in that year. Wow. And I, 2009, um, the beginning of it, I've lost uh, 221 pounds. And that's really when everything started for me because, you know, people always think that it's just a happily ever after after you lose the weight. Mm-hmm. But there was a continuing struggle. And that's kind of where my page lies. So I, uh, I was always a quote unquote blogger. And I used to write about my struggles. And in 2010, I joined Facebook, I, I, I was on Facebook, but I had a Facebook page mm-hmm. and it was more about sharing my stories and things like that, but it was via blog. And then, you know, I kept on continuing struggling. Uh, I gained about 80 pounds through there and then I lost a little bit more than the lowest around 2013. And I think at that time my page was not really at its peak, but I was starting to get a little more attention than normal. And what I also started doing was I, I started focusing more on my writing. And I got published. Um, I went viral a couple times for different stories. Um, one was about uh, an experience I had in a restaurant with uh, dealing with a mother with a child of autism. I saw and that. And the, uh, there was a couple other ones as well. And But I was really in a bad place and struggling. So the page didn't really kick off Um until this year I kind of really just started focusing on having a little more fun with the page and enjoying it a little bit more. So I think right now honestly my Facebook page is kind of where um it 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 it's probably at its peak right now mm-hmm. and I'm still struggling like I'll always struggle with my weight but it's amazing to see how many people actually struggle. Yeah. I mean listen I can't imagine I <laughs> you know,
0: I lost maybe 20 pounds after putting on some weight after surgery, but 200,
5: that's right. insane. I mean, that's crazy. No, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, like losing a tremendous amount of weight is, you know, it's basically whether you lose 20 pounds or 200 pounds, it's the same process. The biggest thing is that I had to figure out well, did I gain so much weight? Why was I using food as other people would use, say, alcohol or right. gambling or infidelity or cocaine or whatever it is? And that was what I have to figure out for myself and it's never going to be easy. So, you know, but it it's definitely a struggle. Wow. And then when I when when we you and I started getting to know last year, um I kind of left Facebook a little bit and I kind of went to Twitter and what you and I do basically is the, the hashtag games. Mm-hmm. And I feel that with hashtag games, it kind of is a really good getaway, or it was? It's yeah. a little bit different now, in my opinion. But uh, and we can time, talk about that later lit, if you want good.
0: to. What I said, we can talk about that uh, after that too. I feel the same as you. Okay, you're killing me with the uh selfies. By the way,
5: well, that that's my favorite part. But, you <laughs> know, to be honest with you, I'm I'm a little bit, and, and I think you're the same way is that when somebody gets on a tangent, I don't stop. It's kind of like what we do with the toilet paper or what we, you know, it's, it's, that's just me. So once somebody made a comment that, you know, nice urinals, that that's all it took for me. And that's where every picture I take, I try to put a urinal in as much as possible.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, I feel the same as you, man. Like I'm not going to leave it alone. If someone, if, you know, if I get a bunch of attention, I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize, I'm going to have some fun, you know, and uh, the toilet paper thing, I feel like you and I kind of started it. Huh?
5: What's that about the toilet paper? No, I'm actually very under. Like, I think the over thing is the absolute... I don't care what the patent says. Like, that's ridiculous (laughs) that it's over. Like, I've always said that. And I think that people who do that are just idiots. Oh, man.
0: That's not very nice, because I'm an over guy. You know what? Just so we can be friends, I'll use wipes, okay?
5: (laughs) Well, I think that under... You know, especially if you have animals or children, it's just the over just will be gone, so... Well, uh, you know, just...
0: Here's my stance on that. You know, animals and children shouldn't be in the house anyway. So, you know, keep them outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like animals now, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Not, and children? No, I'm kidding. Well, uh, that's funny. For those of you that don't know, I I tweeted out something about I don't know let's see, if it was like true love in five words or something like that and I said some things are unspoken or maybe it was four words, I put a picture of toilet paper over the roll and then Tony jumped in, uh, Chris who was uh, Lou Geese jumped in and we, we all just kind of three went on it and then we've had some people try to ride our coattails you know and act like it was their own here and there but uh, just remember who the OGs were oh and the OG Orlando
5: Jones you know right <laughs> but now but you know, other than that, though, like as I said, like social media for me in general, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, is just a great tool to let loose and, and get your story out and to just have a little bit of fun. So that's definitely what I use all, all of it for. Except for like you know Pinterest, I don't like use it for that. But.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's like therapy without a therapist. You know, you, you get to you, know, you kind of let your feelings out, and the cool thing is. About the internet, I mean, you're going, to have some, you're going to have some haters, you're going to have this, you're going to have that, but you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be like, yeah, man, you know, that's me, I, I relate to
5: you, and you know, I just think that's awesome. The, the hardest part about the internet is being able to take negative feedback, and to be honest with you, very few people get a ton of negative feedback. Most people get a little bit of negative feedback and a ton of positive, but they only focus on the negative, mm-hmm. so they should definitely only focus on the positives. You know, I used to get so bent out of shape
0: when I'd get negative feedback on Twitter. My Facebook page is just really, you know, I just put pictures of food and my family and whatnot. It's really just a spy on my kids. You know, that's why I have so much social media. But Twitter's kind of my deal. And I used to get so upset. i get these pe- negative people, you know, chiming in on a tweet or getting getting, getting after me. And, I, and I'd, you know, I'd engage with them. And then finally I'm like, you have 20 fucking followers. The only way anyone's going to see your tweet <laughs> is if I engage with you. Who gives a shit what you think? You know, take your picture
5: of the Twitter egg and go somewhere else. Like I've always said, if somebody tweets out that they've actually cured cancer, <laughs> you're going to have 500 people under them trolling them. So, it's, I mean, like, you can't, you're not going to win on Twitter. No. And when, when I tell you that those trolls are good, they are really good. So, yeah. I just, you know what, you're absolutely right. No troll has 5,000 followers. Most no. trolls have 34 followers and they just started it, so.
0: Yeah, exactly right, and they think everybody sees them, and the problem is, you know, everybody sees them when you get under someone's skin, and then that's it. I I just, I don't engage anymore, I don't get upset, you know, I flipped the switch myself on Twitter, like, I I just finally, I'm not going to pander for followers, I'm not going to pander for retweets, I'm just going to do whatever I want, and, you know, lo and behold, you know, I did the same thing with the podcast. Go ahead.
5: I will tell you, and this is one thing I've learned on Facebook, Twitter, no matter what. If you beg for followers, you're gonna have the worst followers possible, oh yeah, if you're worried about that number, you're gonna have the worst you're gonna you're gonna have a horrible time. Just focus on the people that you really enjoy that follow your page, yeah, but there is no need to beg for followers. they'll come to you if you're doing something right, absolutely
0: that you know as long as I've been on twitter I, it's a. For me, it always feels like the same 20 people I'm interacting with, you know what I mean? No matter how many followers I get, no matter how many jokes I make, and it's cool. I mean,
5: you know, it's like a nice core group. It's exactly right. Like, I, I interact with you, with Chris, with uh, Orlando Jones, with, um, you know, the same people, Tommy Campbell, the same people over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And, and, and honestly, when a good person comes along, i will definitely do it. But you can also tell when people just come in there and they just want to retweet or they want to like, and it's just... Uh, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. You absolutely had the best hashtag game and plan of a hashtag game I've ever seen. I love the fact, and I, I was going to do it too, yeah. but I didn't want to be a copycat. But oh. I love the fact that you had a time limit from 11 to 11 20, and you respected that 11 30, the midnight game would go on. Like, to me, that will always stick in my head as the best game that anyone's ever really run out there.
0: That's awesome. He's referring to my game speed tagging. I, I popped one up the other day just for fun because, uh, Jonathan Palmer has this, uh, he's got a Twitter account now called pound sign games, which is funny, but he just basically any game, anytime, he'll put it out there. And, and, you know, I had a nice little small group, a nice little small game, but the whole thing with speed tagging was I, I knew I had something to contribute and this was back when it was hard. It was hard to get a game going. Now there's a game every two minutes and these half-ass open-ended tags. I like to call them hack tags, you know. But um, Well, they're blogs.
5: They're just, uh, that's all it is. It's uh, my yeah. My, 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 my dog's name is. and Oh, know, man, that's, that was a it's perfect thing like, You know, and and and, and listen, it, I mean, I can go on and on for days about tagging now compared to what it was. You can talk about whatever um, you want, but man. It, it's, what's that? I see. you can talk about whatever you want. Well, I mean, like, you know, like I said, tagging, tagging, I mean, like, it is what it is, it's what you make it out to be, and Mm -hmm. I've always said that, you know, there's still some extremely talented people who who tag, Mm -hmm. and then there's some people who just will copy and just, you know, basically take a picture on, take a picture and just post it, you know, make their commentary and use the same picture over and over again, I'm not going to say who, you know, somebody (laughs) might have, like... I don't know, 945,000 followers, but, you know, it's, it's the same thing over and over. Again. Oh, I know so, who you're talking about. <laughs> That's funny. Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but in all honesty, though, like there's still a lot of amazing people, you know, like I, I, you know, as much as I know that the app gets a lot of heat, I uh, still respect it. I do and too. I think that it's, what's that? I do too. And I have no problem with the app. No. You know, and I still respect, you know, and and because you and I are on the inside, I still respect the people who run it and what they do and what they're, what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. I just think that in some ways it's just a little bit, it's just not as fun as it was. And I guess, you know, that, that's kind of my saddest, saddest thing about it right now. Well, it's,
0: there's, you know, we did it. We were professionals. We wanted to make something out of it. And when I say professionals, you know, we researched our tag we understand that putting underscore in somebody else's tag does not make it
5: your original tag. You know, it oh, doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I can remember going back and forth for days on a tag, and and yeah. and like literally getting shot down and doing this tag, and then I would research it, and there would be a tag because that was similar to it three months ago that had an and instead of an or, and I would just drop it. Yeah, like it. You know, you can't have nine million in the nineties. I oh yeah, you can't have nine million you know, make, make a song stronger or make a song fatter. It's just, you can't keep on doing that and think that it's just going to, you're not going to get the quality, you know, answers that you should get. You're just going for a trend. And I've always said it, yeah. the game is more important than the trend.
0: Well, I've been making a joke lately. Nobody really gets it because nobody understand. And we understand how it, the ins and outs of it. You submit a tag to the app and, uh, you know, they had it. And I understand for, to be organized, that's what you did. You know, and and they had a thing right. to do. They had a but here's the problem I have with it now. Now you have somebody else or several somebody else's that have your tag a week ahead, and that you know, so they'll buffer their tweets or do whatever. And uh, you know, I I it's not organic. I, it's not fun. You know, I, I'm trying to.
5: I, well, I'm, when when you get nine million hoot sweet yeah ta, uh, yes. answers at at twelve o five when you put your tag on at twelve, it's just not fun. Well, it's not and. That's the fun of the time. That's why I do like Midnight, and I still always say it's the best game, because yeah. nobody knows what it is. Yeah.
0: I, I like Jimmy Fallon's ra- random ones, too, just out of nowhere, you know? And uh, Those are
5: fun. Yeah, I have to agree.
0: Yeah, but like, here's the deal. Like, I, and I-, I don't like Trolls, but every once in a while, I just got to be a jerk, and I don't know what game it was. I don't care, but it had, like, six hosts coming up, and I just commented. I go, good lord, th- this will trend by buffer alone. And uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, nobody really, it. well, nobody really got it because they don't understand, you know. Uh, and, uh, and that's fine too. I, I don't care, you know. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I don't mean any ill will on it. I do either. I am here with Vinny Tortorec, a celebrity fitness trainer, the godfather of NSNG. He has a book out called Fitness Confidential, a book I have personally read and was a true inspiring story, host of the popular podcast, celebrity fitness trainer, motivational speaker, cancer survivor. What, what am I missing here, sir? Wow. I, 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 you know, I need you to walk around
6: with me and just tell me. Yeah, I, you, know, you go through life, you know, I have a pretty unassuming life, and then you hear that and you go, wow, that guy made me sound good.
0: Hey, man. Well, you've uh, you've helped me to uh, feel good, so uh, we're even.
6: Whenever I go to a party, uh, people say, "So, what do you do?" I go, uh, uh, "Here's my buddy Aaron." He'll tell you what I do.
0: Hey, if I if we ever if I ever come to LA, you have to take me, and then I'll, I'll make sure I introduce you everywhere I go.
6: <laughs> you know, what's funny. Is like uh, you mentioned the book and all that, and the book became a, a really big deal. You know, much to my surprise, we didn't think the book was going to sell a single copy. And Fitness Confidential kind of knocked it out of the park. And now when I go to parties, people go, you know, so who are you? What do you you do for a living? And I go, oh, I'm a fitness trainer. And then people around me go, oh, he's being, you know, do you know what he wrote in that book? And his podcast is like, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a fitness trainer at the end of the day. That's... That's what
0: I do. Well, um, anyway, go on. Oh, I was going to say, you know, like I tell my wife, it's not really a diet book at all. It's a, it's a life book. It's very motivational for me. Um, you know, it, it goes into the NSNG, but it's not an eat this, eat that type of book. And uh, I mean, your story is really inspiring to me.
6: Well, thank you. Uh, you know, one of the only criticisms, I don't know if you've ever read any Amazon reviews on the book. I have. Well, as you know, like, if
0: you look at the overall reviews, it's got over 1,100 reviews. Um, I was almost, almost 1,100, on, by the way. I missed it by one or two. Which one? I was almost 1,100. I think I missed it by one or two. Well,
6: you know, if you look at the reviews, uh, you, you know, out of 11, I mean, they tell you if you get 100 reviews, you've killed it. You know, like, you really, and the fact that the book is at 1,100 reviews is is a testament to how much people liked it. And it's got a 4.7 rating out of five. So it's got a very high review rating. But every now and then, you will read a bad review. And I understand those bad reviews. You know, because people go, well, he didn't tell us what to eat and what to do and what... <laughs> well, it wasn't that kind of book. It was never meant to be a go eat this, stop eating that. Here's a. It was just... The book was kind of written in a vacuum, if you will. Um, we went, I wrote it with my writing partner, Dean Laurie. And uh, what I did was I put together 40,000 words of notes. So I had almost a book full of notes. Most books are barely fifty-five or 60,000 words. I had that in notes.
5: Wow.
6: And then Dean and I sat down and started fleshing out those notes. And we got well over 100,000 words, and then we chopped it down to about seventy. And, you know, I I was so tired of reading fitness books where they tell you, you know, eat this, don't eat that. This is what you can do. Here's the trickery. And I'm not about trickery. We, we wrote the book as if, you know how they say dance like no one is looking? Yeah. We wrote a book as if no one would ever read it. You know, it's like, what if we just wanted to write a book and didn't care what the hell anyone ever thought about it? What would we write? And um, that's what we wrote. And it was largely panned by every book company. They said, you'll never sell a copy. That book will never sell. As a matter of fact, uh, two of the bigger companies, uh, Simon Schuster and HarperCollins, uh, offered me a two-book deal. If I were to take the book and break it into two and then rewrite both books, most people would take that deal. Yeah. Because it's a two book deal. You get paid twice. And uh, Dean and I looked at it and said, no. We think we wrote a good book. And, you know, we don't mind doing a little editing and let you guys do a little editing, but no book has ever been written like this. And uh, so we put it out there ourselves. We did what they told us. Uh, I think someone at Penguin Press said, to me, because Penguin was kind of chomping at the bit also, they said, you've committed literary suicide by putting it out yourself. Wow. You won't sell a copy. Good luck getting anyone past your mother to buy a copy, as well was told. (laughs) Uh, Then the book went past 10,000 copies, and my agent called him back, and he said, oh, okay, he got lucky, and all of his (laughs) friends on the podcast bought one. Then the book went past 20 and 30, and 40,000 copies. And now the book agent, my book agent's talking to the, you know, oh, yeah, 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 you know, man bites dog. That happens every <laughs> now and then in, in the world of self published, but they never make it to 50,000. Well, then we got to sixty and 70,000 <laughs> books sold, and they were like, wait a minute, how's he doing that? And then it went past 100,000. And in this day and age, to get past 100,000, Sales on anything mm-hmm. is incredible, right? So, uh, I'm, I'm bragging right now, but no, I, I'm so happy about this book because we got it into the hands of people, it's motivated people like you, Aaron, and, and that's what really matters.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I will tell you this I uh, I read that book, and it was like the best thing I liked it is like you and I were having a conversation almost. I could you know, And, of course, here we are right now having a conversation, which is incredible, by the way. But, I mean, that book just related to me on such a, such a level that I'm like, you know, I can do this. Yeah. yeah.
6: So tell me about your journey with it. How much weight have you lost? How do you feel? How long have you been doing it? When did you find the book? How did you find
0: me? <laughs> well, I How found you find me? on me a walk interview. listening to the Adam Carolla podcast, as many of your listeners have. And I, I was – you know, I was struggling. I had neck surgery about a year and a half ago, and I kept trying to get back into the gym, and it, And it, I'm good now. It's, uh, you know, I'm still limited in what I can do, and finally I'm like, okay, what, I know people exercise. I, if I can't run sprints, if I can't do this, what do people do? So I started walking, and then I'm on a walk, and I'm listening to you on the Adam Corolla and you start t- talking about cycling. I'm like, I can do that. I, I used to ride a bike all over the place, and uh you know so i started doing that and then i started cleaning up my diet and i used to eat pretty good before but i exercised a lot and it kind of balanced out in the end but i i, I guess what it did it for me is i saw a picture of myself I, I always say here's a vinnyism for you mirrors lie pictures don't cuz you kind of see what you want to see and uh, i just once i started cleaning up my diet the weight started flying off and then something else kind of hit me the other day i heard your podcast with Nicole Racine the other day and I'm thinking of as you know it's not really 30 pounds of weight I put on. It's worse than that. I lost a lot of muscle mass. So what I'm seeing now is I'm, I'm starting to stall a little bit. But I think I'm evening out. You know, I'm starting to still look better, but my weight's kind of, you know, staying the same. Yeah, you know.
6: People always rely on the scale too much, and they don't realize that when you start working out, you're putting on muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Lean muscle mass is very important, especially as you age. You know, People tend to lose a pound of muscle per person per year after their 30th birthday, and that does not have to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason that statistic exists is because people slow down. They sit around more. They don't think.
0: I have a question for you. So you are – Nicknamed America's angriest trainer, you say at the beginning of every podcast, you're angry because our good intentions are have been stolen, and you're here to get them back. Would you care to elaborate on that?
6: Yeah, you know when I um, when we wrote the book, um, you know, I, team would ask me all the time what what's wrong with fitness, and I would say, well, everything, because everyone's in it just to make a dime. And everyone's trying, ever since Kenneth Cooper coined the phrase aerobics, mm-hmm. he took a Greek word meaning with oxygen and <laughs> coined that phrase and got rich off of that phrase. Everyone's been trying to figure out how to get rich on fitness <clears throat> uh, and add the detriment to everyone else. You know, we have all of these products, we have. Everything from, you know, you turn on television, you can buy any kind of machinery and, you know, there's all of these goops and powders and potions that you're supposed to take. And I've been in this business my entire life, well over 35 years as a, as a professional, but I was doing it even before that, back in the early 70s as a kid. And I've never known any product to actually work. Um... You know, you look around the gym, you see people drinking this stuff between sets and all those, you know, eating bars while they're working out. You know, it's not supposed to be that way. You eat yourself a couple of eggs, you get to the gym and you work out and let nature take its, take its course. Uh, and, uh, you know, I feel awful that people want to do the right thing, but their good intentions have been stolen by the very industry that they, they count on to tell them what to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you're telling me you don't need the fancy protein powder? You don't need a shake weight? You don't need to eat eight meals a day?
6: Exactly. Everything you just said, right? Just take that, you know? Uh, I mean, the shake weight. That's not going (laughs) to work. looks like you're trying to jerk off a dumbbell. Uh, And, you know, protein powder. People go, well, you know, I get on Twitter all the time, a thousand times a day. What type of protein powder do you use? And, And people go, What, you don't use any? It's like, no. Why use a bastardized product? Something that's, you know, number one, it's not even natural. You know, it it had to be, they took protein and just bastardized the crap out of it. Why not just, (laughs) you know, (laughs) eat an egg or have some red meat? You know, I always call red meat the poor man's EPO. Do you know what EPO is? I do not. EPO is the drug um, that... People like Lance Armstrong took. You know what oh, talk yes, about yes, blood yes. doping. Okay. Yep. And the you know cyclists blood dope. They're taking all these products to make themselves faster. The product they're taking. Okay. Well, the product they're taking is called an EPO, and EPO basically causes your red blood cells to magnify, and the red blood cells carry more oxygen to your muscles. Therefore, Lance Armstrong can keep cheating and keep beating people in cycling right? right. Well, red meat is literally a poor man's (laughs) EPO. It's almost (laughs) like you're cheating by eating red meat. You know, the thing that doesn't work is when you try to take a powdered protein, I don't care if it's egg protein or whey protein or hemp protein or from, you know, green peas or whatever, it's never going to be anywhere near as good as if you ate Bacon, eggs, red meat, and so on and so forth.
0: Well, I guess if they think you know they're healthier doing it out of a blender, they could blend all that stuff together, maybe. But uh, I, uh, you know, I used to do the protein powders. The only thing it would really give me at the end of the day is terrible indigestion.
6: Yeah, pretty much. And it, you know, usually they have to put sugar or something in it to make it taste good. There's other chemicals to stabilize it. Once they bastardize it, and it, it just doesn't work. And you're taking something, you're compromising your health by taking something that you thought was good. Right. Again, they have stolen your good intentions. I'm actually, I I was told a couple of weeks ago, I'm now in the urban dictionary for the term F-quinoa.
0: Oh, yes. That's my favorite question. You can say the F word here. It's okay. But yeah.
6: Yeah, I I somehow inadvertently coined the phrase, fuck quinoa. (laughs) um because early on in the podcast i'm sure you haven't gone back the whole 600 shows to listen to i have not i have not um early on i said to anna and within the first couple of shows i said you know look i said anna let's and by the way we had no reason to think this podcast was going to get big four years ago when we started but i said anna let's say this podcast got really big and Kellogg's came to me with a million dollars saying, hey, I want you to talk about Frosted Flakes and Corn Flakes on your show. Do you think I should do it? She goes, I don't know. What do you think? I said, no, fuck Kellogg's. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, and I told them I said, if they offered me a million dollars, I would say no. Now, if they offered me two million dollars, I would say yes. And I would advertise them and then I would use the two million dollars to do good, to teach people the right thing. Right. Um, it would just be stupid not to. Right. So then, shortly after that, the podcast started getting bigger and bigger, and people started saying, you know, what about quinoa? Quinoa, quinoa. Because we started getting a big vegan following. Right. And they, vegans, as I said to Dr. Drew on his show, veganism is just a convenient way to have an eating disorder where people won't judge you. <laughs> and, you know, I, look, veganism doesn't work. I know you think it works, but it doesn't work. Right. I talk to vegans. I talk to ex-vegans every day who they they felt good at first when they got off of their crappy diet of eating all kinds of you know uh, food with with chemicals in them, and they they went to juicing and then uh, a cleanse and all this other crap, and then became vegan. And, oh my God, I felt great, but then six months down the road, they're not feeling great anymore. Right. It's because veganism doesn't really work on a large scale. But I deal with a lot of vegans because some people sometimes you have to deal with vegans on vegans' terms, right? And some people like, look, I just can't eat an animal. I can't <laughs> eat something that had eyes and could look at me in the face. And I like, okay, I get that. So I teach vegans how to eat MSNG. And one of the big questions they'll give me right in the middle of it is, what about quinoa? Quinoa is full of... Protein? No, quinoa does not have that much protein. It's got more protein than any other dead grain out there. Right. But it's not going to satisfy your protein needs.
0: Now, do they understand vegans? I gotta understand that lettuce has a head as well, right?
6: Right, but it doesn't have eyes.
0: Ah, it doesn't have eyes. That's that's yeah. the that's where they draw the line. There's no
6: eye in lettuce. <laughs> um. So that's that's where, you know, the whole fuck quinoa thing came from. And I would just tell them, come on, man, just fuck quinoa. I mean, <laughs> I would rather see you eat some, some beans. At least you're getting some good fiber in there and some protein. And, you know, they got to eat – if you're going to be a vegan, you have to eat something. right? And I would tell them to fill it out with beans if they have to. um but then again, that's not optimal to just eat beans all the time. No, you know. But it gets them closer, and as long as they eat a bunch of olives and avocados, and uh, you know, flaxseed and chia seeds, and right, and nuts and stuff like that that has good quality fat in it, they can do it. You know. But man, it just seems so restrictive to me. Yeah. I didn't mean to go off on that rant. No,
0: that's great. I, you know, I, I just want to take this where, wherever you wanted to. Uh, now, if uh, if we have time, I have some. Some questions for you. My wife helped me come up with these because I know a lot of the answers to these, but I'm going to assume a lot of my listeners are – as familiar with you. But uh, what do you do when you go into an ASAG situation? That would be all sugars, all grains. You know, the stick to your ribs – well, stick to your ass and hips and everything else food, like family gatherings, restaurants.
6: Uh, Before I answer that, is this your wife in the picture with you? Yeah. All right. Come on, dude. How did you get that?
0: You know, I was prepared for you to ask me that, by the way, because I get asked that all the time. The question is, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe it's my wit. Maybe it's my charm. I, I am fairly a good looking guy, but... Uh, yeah, you know,
6: I'm looking at this side by side. You're not that good looking.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Compared to her, she, you know, she is a smoke show for sure. I'm yeah, a lucky guy. I, I don't know what else to say. And she's... She's the real deal. She's the total package.
6: Yeah, you must be hung like a Shetland pony. Well,
0: that yeah. was the other thing, yes.
6: Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this picture the whole time going, that's got to be, that can't be the wife, right? That is
0: the wife. Well, that's my, and that, that picture, you know, that's me at my peak too. That's before things started going downhill.
6: Yeah, because it still, it looks like, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. It looks like you kidnapped this woman. And-
0: <laughs> that's funny because she's a nurse. But, uh, but, uh, Florence Nightingale. Yeah, she's she's, a, she's gorgeous.
6: And a nurse, man. You know, the nurses, they, they make you do it over and over. Yep. And take, take your medicine. Yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> Damn right. Okay, all sugars, all grains. You're in a situation where, you you know, you go to a party or something. Is that what we're talking about? Party,
0: or in my case, the in-laws who like to, you know, they have vegetables there, but they make them as unhealthy as possible, fry them, whatever they need to do.
6: Yeah, you sound like you're from the South, right?
0: I am from Missouri, so I'm not from the South, but... I have family in Chicago. They they say I talk like a hillbilly. So
6: yeah, you do. You sound like you're from Kentucky or something. Oh man. Um, okay, so I tell people, you know, like what a lot of people try to do in those situations, they go, okay, I know I'm going to the in-laws, and everything's going to be fried and crappy, and mm-hmm. this and that and the other thing. So what they do is they will actually skip a meal so and because they think calorie and calorie out matters. It's like, okay, I'm just going to skip a meal and, and the whole thing and I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to just try to eat as little as possible. What I tell people to do is exactly the opposite. Be sated when you walk in. Eat something high in good quality fats before you go there. Get yourself sated, mm-hmm. Right. And when you get there, now you don't really have to eat, right? You're not hungry to eat. Now you can just pick around. And you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Like not everything is going to be bad there, right? There's got to be something you can eat.
0: Yeah, you know, there's always a meat. There's always a vegetable, you know. So it's, it's not all bad, no. But it's, it's really tough. Well, the worst part is, you know, everyone feels sorry for you, like you're depriving yourself. Why, why don't you just have a piece? Of, it's like you're hurting their feelings. And I'm like, no, I, I really feel good eating these foods. If, you know, if I wanted to, I would. But, you know, have that piece of cake or have that piece of fried chicken.
6: I don't even explain it to them. What I, what I do is I will actually, and I do this a lot when I go over to people's homes, I don't do the douchey move where I go, I don't eat rice. Right. <laughs> I just put everything on my plate. Yep. And no one, you know, no one notices if you don't eat it, right? You know, so you put everything on a plate with your meat. Let's say it's fried chicken and whole thing. Just take the skin off, you know, the chicken since right. it's fried. Usually, I tell people to eat the skin. You know, if you bake it with the skin on, the skin is good quality fat. But now they've put you know batter on the skin, so now the skin is deemed useless.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Just work around the fried parts. Eat the inside. Throw a little rice on your plate. I I always cover my plate, like if there's a salad or something, I'll cover it with a lot of salad, and then I can hide stuff around the salad. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
6: Yeah. There there are ways around that. Um, You know, look, if it's Thanksgiving time, I say go for it. Yeah. You know, but not every day is Thanksgiving.
0: Well, what's that you say? Uh, It's not what you eat between uh, Christmas and New Year's. It's what you eat between New Year's and Christmas. Yeah.
6: Yeah, it doesn't matter what you eat between Christmas and New Year's. It only matters what you eat between New Year's and Christmas. That
0: was great, by the way.
6: Yeah, one of my famous – why am I not in the Urban Dictionary? I guess you don't put quotes in the <laughs> Urban
0: Dictionary. I don't know. I haven't made it there yet. Um, we've already discussed the benefits of NSNG or a lot of it. but And I know the answer to this question, but what makes you – what keeps you motivated to stay NSNG?
6: Uh, it's easy for me. Uh, I, I'm an old athlete, number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a lot of aches and pains. My, my right shoulder has been replaced. Uh, a lot of arthritis there. Uh, you know, I played football all the way through college. And um, when I eat sugars or grains, I feel it. Like literally, feel severe pain. That's number
2: one.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's number three. Number two is. More and more studies are showing that um, you know people who are who can end up with Alzheimer's and this, these types of things and all sorts of memory loss problems, especially guys who played ball for eleven twelve years um, you know a lot of these guys are dribbling in cups now you know their brains are going to mush and the more and more I read about you know eating a high fat ketogenic style diet, the better it is for you. Um, I'm hoping that that will carry me through the years. Um, I don't have any hard data on that, but that's right. just a dream. <clears throat> uh, but the number one reason was, and you read this in a book. Absolutely. Um, I-, I literally almost died in 2007. I-, I thought I was the healthiest person on the planet. I-, I could ride a bike 500 miles, and I'm not kidding about that, folks, 500 miles at a clip.
0: So impressive.
6: Um And did these races where we would just stay on the bikes for days at a time. And you have a crew following you around, handing you fresh water and food. So I thought I was the healthiest guy in the world. And it turns out I was so close to death, it was unbelievable. Um, I I was in the later stages of uh, leukemia. And uh, by some miracle, I lived. And uh, when I lived, I asked my doctor... You know, because living out in California where I do, you know, the land of the fruits and nuts. Um, <laughs> when when I got cured from cancer, everyone was like, you know, hey, you got to get on a macro diet. You need to be on a micro diet. You need to eat. I know this guru over on the west side in Santa Monica. You could go see this guy, and he will hook a spigot up to your asshole and pump <laughs> you know toxins out of your body with the colonics once a week for the rest of your life, and yeah. you will. So. I asked my doctor, who's a top-rated, you know, blood specialist, and I said, "Look, you know, everyone's telling me I should do everything from eat, you know, a boatload of veggies every day to hooking a, a hose up to my asshole. Is there any truth behind any of it?" And she said, "No, there isn't." I said, "Is there anything I should be doing not to have this cancer come back one day before it's supposed to?" Uh, and she said, well, more and more studies are showing that sugar has a lot to do with people, you know, the recurrence of cancer and causing cancer to grow. She goes, you know, you know, studies are still out. and But more and more, when we're talking, now they're talking about that more and more in 2016. But in 2007, there wasn't a whole lot of information. This was early talk. Mm-hmm. So that next year when I got back on my bike to prove that I could go 500 miles after cancer, I did that, and I was using a lot of sugar on the bike, and I was getting stomach upset and all that like I always did. And um, I said to myself, this is it. I'm going to learn how to ride the bike using fat, and I'm going to learn how to do all of my aerobics using fat. So that's what I did and been doing it ever since.
0: Wow. I mean, it's amazing, and all the things you talk about in your podcast, you know, where you can, but you don't have the hunger pains. If you miss a meal, you don't notice it, you know, because your body is, I mean, basically you're making it a fine-tuned machine.
6: Right. So let me ask you, uh, you've been podcasting, how long have you been pod- Let me interview you for a second before oh, you
0: really? Absolutely, sure. So I am still trying to find my voice. I just, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I never think. You know, I've heard you talk about this before. You know, you're always striving to be better. You're always looking for that recognition. You know, and I, I, always am, and I always think I have something to say. And I'm really, I've been podcasting a little over a year. I'm really just trying to find my voice. I used to pander to try to get listeners, and now I'm just, I'm just going to talk about whatever I want to talk about and, and see what happens. And lo and behold, that first podcast I did, it was NSNG, and you know, and it, I, I'm just very flattered that uh, that you thought it was, it was a good a good podcast and you know I listen to yours regularly.
6: Oh, thank you. And and I listened to it and you did a great job with it and uh I, I got to be honest, you know, it sounds like you do have a voice. You're very comfortable uh you're very intuitive uh with with the interview. Yeah. Uh you know, a lot of times I do a lot of other people's shows, you know. Uh anyone who asks me to be on, I don't care if you have 5 listeners or 500,000 listeners, I do them all. And um you know, sometimes people just don't know how to interview, you no. know, like I can say something really egregious like, yeah, I just raped a nun <laughs> and they'll go, okay, so tell me about that time you and Anna. It's like, wait, did you not, you can't do a follow-up question on I raped a nun? <laughs> not that I think nun rape is okay. No, no. Um, but, you know, they won't, you know, they, they stick to their script and you don't do that. You seem to have a voice. Thank you. Um, so kudos to you. Um, are we friends on Facebook? Because I need to stalk your wife.
0: Well, here's the deal. I tried to, but you you, you need to stalk my wife. But you have the max uh, amount, so I'm on Facebook as Aaron Weinbaum. I like the picture with you and your dog, just so you'd see I was stalking you first. Let's see
6: here. Okay, All right. a few people have dropped out. I'm at... I hate that we call these friends because yeah. I don't know 5,000 people no I understand um, it's like I have 5,000 friends I have 4,997 friends right now okay. so you can send the thing right now and then I will friend you back gotcha and then uh, then I can stalk your wife <laughs> cause I gotta see that POA
0: <laughs> she's a hot number no, no doubt I outtick yeah. my coverage I hear that all the time
6: I'm like looking at that, going, "This is not right." You should be. <laughs> How old are you guys, you and the wife? Uh,
0: I am 42, and she is 32.
6: She is, okay, okay. She's gonna wake up one day, right?
0: No I mean, way. You know what? We have we we have uh, six kids together, so two mine, two hers, and two ours. So she's gonna be stuck with me for a while. We got aging from one and a half years old to 16. Wow,
6: you're like the Brady Bond.
0: I am. I yeah, am. I,
6: well, Dude, yeah, you you, know, you, you. Let me tell you something, man. You overshot right there, and uh, hey,
0: I take that as a compliment. Right? You know?
6: Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's. Uh, you definitely did well. I know it sounds like I'm ogling your wife, and I. That's have, all right. I, I, I saw pictures
0: of Serena. I feel the same. So.
6: <laughs> yeah. Look, I definitely hit the lottery. There, there's no no one will ever try to deny that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we were both lucky in life.
6: Well, this has been a real slice for me. This has been great. But I got to go get that big boobed Anna Vocino <laughs> on the line so that we can record our own show. All right. So that people can keep listening. Um, when does this come out? Are you got to put it out on the Twitters and all that? So I that will I can... put it
0: out there. I will either have it out by tomorrow or Wednesday at the latest.
6: God, I hope I did well. Did oh, I do okay?
0: I think you did well. I hope I did well.
6: So, no, Listen, you're so natural on the mic, you should do really, I'm telling you, you're going to do great in the space.
0: I, I appreciate that. And, I, and uh, you know, it's things like that, that will keep me plugging away for sure.
2: You are listening to The One Man Show.